Hi, this is Pastor Nelson Mercado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast from the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. I hope you are blessed by today's message. Bow your heads with me. Oh, Father, now we seek a word from you, example that we can follow. So guide us and direct us and help us to listen by your spirit in Jesus' name, amen. In spite of all the fun and laughter, 13-year-old Frank Wilson was not happy. Now, it was true that he had received all the presents that he wanted, and it was also true that, that he had enjoyed the special uh, Christmas Eve time with his relatives for the purpose of exchanging gifts and, and, and good wishes. But Frank wasn't happy because this was his first Christmas without his brother Steve. Steve had been killed earlier that year by a, a reckless driver. He really missed Steve and a close companionship they had together. And so he said goodbye to his relatives, and he explained to his parents that he was going to leave early that night because he, he needed to see a friend. And so he said he would walk home from there. Since it was cold outside, Frank put on his brand new plaid jacket. It was his favorite gift. And the rest of the presents, he, he put on his brand new sled, and he headed out, hoping to find the patrol leader of his Boy Scout troop. He always felt understood by him. And although rich in wisdom, uh, his, his patrol leader lived in the area that's called the Flats. The Flats was that area of town where the, uh, the poor people lived. And he just simply did odd jobs here and there to support his family. To Frank's disappointment, his friend wasn't home. So he turned around and, and he went home, and, and, and as he's going home, he, he caught glimpses of, of, of the trees and decorations in many of the small houses. And then through a front window, he saw a, a shady room with limp stockings hanging over an empty fireplace. A woman was seated nearby, weeping. The stockings reminded him of the, time, the, the times that he and his brother would, would hang their own stockings over their own fireplace, and the next day they would be full of presents. And then a thought occurred to him that he had not done his good deed for that day. So before the, the thought passed him, he, he was knocking at the door. Yes, the sad voice of, of the woman responded. Seeing that, that he had a sled full of presents, she, she assumed that he was out in, in the neighborhood collecting gifts for the poor. I'm afraid I have no food or gifts to give you. I have nothing to give my own children, she said. That's not why I'm here, Frank responded. Please choose whatever presents you want for your children from the sled. Well, thank you so much. God bless you, she responded. So she chose some candy, uh, a game, a, a toy airplane, a puzzle. When she chose the scout's a flashlight, 
he almost protested. But the limp stockings were now full of gifts. Why don't you tell me your name? She asked Frank as he was leaving. Just call me the Christmas Scout. The visit left Frank feeling touched, a flicker of joy in his heart. He realized that, that, that his sorrow was not the only sorrow in the world. So before he left the flats, he had given away all his presents. His, his play jacket he gave to a shivering boy. And now Frank trudged home, feeling cold and uneasy, wondering what he would tell his parents. Where are your presents, son? His father asked him as he walked inside the house. I, I gave him away. You what? You gave your presents away? The, the, the airplane from Aunt Susan? The, the, the jacket from your grandma? The, the, the flashlight? I thought you were happy with your presence. I was. Very happy, he said in a small voice. How can, you, how can you act so impulsively, his mom asked him. What are we going to tell our relatives? They spent so much money and time and effort to get you your presents, and, and you gave them all the way. His father said firmly, Frank, you made your choice. We don't have money for more presents. With his brother gone, and now his parents disappointed in him, Frank suddenly felt utterly alone. He didn't expect a reward for his generosity. He knew that a good deed was his own reward, otherwise it would be tarnished. So he didn't want his gifts back. But Frank wondered if he would ever recover the joy in his life. He thought that he had that night, but, but it was fleeting. Frank thought about his brother, and he sobbed himself to sleep. Well, the next day, he got up and went downstairs, and he found his parents listening to Christmas songs on the radio. And the radio announcer came out and said, Merry Christmas, everyone. Today, the nicest Christmas story comes to us from the flats. This morning, a crippled boy has a brand new sled that was left on his porch by an unknown teenage lad. Another boy has a brand new jacket. And some of the parents in, in, in the flats report that their children were made happy by gifts left for them by a teenage boy who called himself the Christmas Scout. Nobody knew who he was. But the children say that, that the Christmas Scout was a personal representative of old Santa Claus himself. Frank feels his father's arms around his shoulders. He caught a glimpse of his mom's smile through her tears. Why didn't you tell us, Frank? We didn't understand. We're so proud of you. And the carols started to, to play and fill the music with, fill the air with music. Praise God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Amen. 
Now, friends, in Scripture, we find many places where it talks about practical religion, what it truly means to be a Christian. And there's one common denominator of what it means to be a Christian, and that is helping those who are in need. And our Scripture reading this morning comes from Deuteronomy, uh, uh, applicable because we have been studying Deuteronomy this quarter in our Sabbath school. Deuteronomy 15, verses 7 and 8, tells us, if there, if there are poor among you in one of the towns of the land that the Lord your God has given you, do not be selfish or greedy toward them, but give freely to them and freely lend them whatever they need. When we think about this story, although there has a, a touch of the secularity because of Santa Claus, and it, it is a great lesson, friends, because when we think about Christmas, the reason for Christmas is simple. It's about a God who loved us so much that he gave. God gave. And what did he give? He gave his only begotten son. Jesus decided to be born like us, live like us, among us, and then die for us. Jesus gave us the best that he had. Jesus gave us exactly what we needed. He gave his life. God was a giver. God is a giver. Jesus is a giver. And so I want to encourage you this morning, as we think about Christmas, that we also become givers. Not only to those who we know, not only to, them, to those we love, the members of our family, but in particular to those we, who we don't know who we don't know that could benefit from our generosity. We've talked about, of course, the tragedy this past week uh, with the, the tornadoes in Kentucky. You probably have heard that this is the, the strongest uh, or the most devastating tornado in the history of the state of Kentucky. This is not over by any stretch uh, uh, of the imagination. There's a lot of work. And so there are so many things that we can do to show practical religion. And in this year, I want to encourage you to do exactly that. Be a giver. Become a Christmas scout this Christmas season. Amen? And, and so this, this morning, we, of course, we celebrate communion service. It is a celebration because we are reminded of the fact that God gave, that Jesus gave. And so this, of course, the last communion service uh, of the year we celebrate the greatest gift that we've ever received, eternal life through Jesus who redeemed us through his blood. May we become like Jesus. Let us become Christmas scouts this morning, this, morning, this year during our Christmas season. Now we are uh, going to uh, separate for our foot washing. And for those unfamiliar with, with this, we, uh, Seventh-day Adventists, we follow the command of Jesus. And we find this in John chapter 13. And starting in verse 12, it says, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so am I. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. And notice he uses the word ought to. It is a command that he's given us. For I have given you an example that you should follow, that you, you should do as I have done to you. And so because of this, we uh, practice the foot washing before our communion service. So we are going to separate.
for our foot washing, the ladies will be in the fellowship hall to my left and your right. The gentlemen will be in primary right across here to my right and your left. And the couples will be in the beginner's room uh, here to my right as well. So uh, we're going to have prayer and then we'll separate. Uh, While we are doing our foot washing, the children can stay here because Jun Lan is going to have your children's story during the foot washing. When you're finished with the foot washing, I would ask you to come reverently into the sanctuary. You notice that we have the emblems here, like we've done a number of times in the past. Both the wine and the bread are inside the Ziploc bags. So as you come inside the sanctuary, if you are going to participate, please come up and grab your Ziploc bag so that when we start, you already have it. And everybody should have, if you're going to participate, everybody should have a Ziploc bag, and both the bread and the wine are inside. Let us all stand as we have a prayer. Father God, this morning we thank you for the example that you gave us, an example that love is manifested in giving, and you gave us what we needed, the best that you had in Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, may we become a, a reflection of you, also, oh Lord, there are so, so many needs around us, perhaps people that we know, people that we're close to, or maybe people we don't know, but we just realize that, you know, there's so much tragedy in the world today. And so, Father, we pray that you will use us to be a blessing to somebody else. May we reflect you in everything we do. And we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to celebrate the communion service, and follow the example of Jesus. Be with us now as we separate for our foot washing and, and, and we come back for the ritual of the bread and the wine. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. If you're ever in the Nashville area, come and visit us at the Nashville First Seventh-day Adventist Church. We're located at 2800 Blair Boulevard in Nashville, Tennessee. You may also visit us at nfsda.org.